Hey, welcome into the Coach Bodo's podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter at, at Coach Bono's Show. And check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bono's Show. You'll find us there. You can email us also at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 72. And this week, coming in to review all of the divisional round of the NFL. And what we're going to talk about a lot today is our most popular returning contributor. He's the real reason that Sierra moved to Denver. Ladies, you know who this is. If you see him around town, give him a shout out. This man is on like napalm here. He's undefeated against home pregnancy tests at a record of 53-0-0. No more ties. Check his new book on Amazon. It's called Russ May Cook, But I Can Eat. His mother named him Ricardo, but here we call him Uncle Rico, my main man, Ricardo Gerbellini. Uncle Rico, what a great weekend of football, huh? I am loving the playoffs this year. This is one of the better playoffs I can think of in recent history for a long time. Yeah. First Love off, it. how you doing? How you doing okay? All right. I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Got some, still got snow here, but otherwise it, it's nice here. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. Let me jump in if I may, before we get too far, I need to apologize to some people. Um, we did not have a 0.5 podcast this week. And the reason is I was sick. Um, I was sick most of the week with some kind of stomach flu. I was really, I was in good, good enough shape to get by, but I also, because I'd thrown up so much, I just could not talk. So uh, it's on me. We, Ellen was so wonderful. I'm going to try to record on Saturday. Then she offered to record Sunday. I just wanted to rest. So I'm going to have Ellen back in this week. We're going to do a longer point five. We got some other stuff coming up. P Money's going to make an appearance this week on the pod. Um, we're going to make it up to everybody without having a point five this past week. So because we're going to have the uh, we're going to have a correspondent for the big WWE event this coming weekend. So. Oh, nice. P-Money is going to the Royal Rumble. So he will uh, give us a full report before and after. But hey, you're here. I'm here. It's Monday. We're here talking football. And what a great weekend football games. Um, where do you want to start? AFC or NFC? Let's start AFC. Okay. Let's st- let's, All right. Let's, let's start, start local. With- let, let's start local and the Kansas City Chiefs Saturday, the Jacksonville Jaguars. A really felt like this was a little more competitive than it really needed to be at times. Um, am I wrong that the Chiefs just quite can't put it together? No, you're not. No, you're not. I actually thought that watching the game. And and I think this is one where actually Jacksonville lost this and the Chiefs didn't exactly beat them. Yeah. I felt like there were passes Trevor Lawrence was making that were not accurate. They were short. They were overthrown. They were they were not good enough passes. If he completes those, I thought they had a real chance to beat the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were okay. You know, they didn't play yeah. bad. They played like the Chiefs. They played yeah. good enough to win. But I thought the Jags, if they had cleaned up their game, had a real chance of beating them. Well, here's what I think the difference in the game was. You know, Mahomes gets hurt, and he has the high ankle sprain. He comes out in the second yeah. quarter for a little bit, and I thought Chad Henney played just what you want. Just don't turn the ball over, run the football. 
But I think the thing I noticed, and I think this is going to be a, a thread for all four games as we go over this, the Chiefs ran the ball extremely well. When they, they made a huge play, difference. And I don't know if they're forced into it, though. No, I don't think they were either. I think they came out and wanted to run the ball. And, yep. and then, obviously, Mahomes gets hurt. You want to run the ball. And I think the biggest thing, if you look at all four winners, they were the four teams that ran, ran the football better. We have talked about this all season long. Yeah. And I think in the end, the Chiefs won the game because they ran the football. And the Jaguars, to their credit, probably shouldn't even been there yet. They're so far ahead of schedule coming off of 1-15 last year. And, you know, Doug Peterson's done a great job as a coach. But it's just amazing um, what the Chiefs did, I think. I mean, I thought this game was going to be close. You know, there was this bigger spread, and I was like, I don't know. This game's close. I don't want to bet on it. Um, I, did a, I did a teaser where I took the Chiefs and teased it down, uh, which was, works for me. Um, I like what the Chiefs are doing running the football. And I think that running the football takes a lot of stress off them, and it takes stress off my homes. And if you can do that, I think Mahomes, I think they're going to be in a really good position. A really good position. I agree. So it's going to be key if they can run the ball this next week. I, I, yeah, I completely agree with what, you, with, your, with your, what you're saying. I think there's a part of this that you're right. Jacksonville was not ready for this. And I don't think it wasn't that the preparation was there. It's that the situation was almost far reaching for them. Like they've not, it's like they were one in 15 and they're turning around. Now they're in a playoff against the chiefs. Yeah. Is that too much to ask of them for a lot of, you know, there was nerve. I think there was some nerves, some anxiety, some, I really want this, but not able to settle down into their game yeah. about it where the chiefs looked comfortable in their game. You know, yes. Despite their mistakes, well I liked what they were running. I like that they were running the ball more. I think Pacheco has really come across as a, as a, an RB one. I like that Mahomes was fighting through it. I, you know, it was necessary, but we're going to keep an eye on that injury this week and see how it comes out. But I felt that the whole game, they looked like they were comfortable in this game where Jacksonville felt almost over excited, over anxious, never really settled into their rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said it. I think you said it really well there. I, I think in the in the end, the Chiefs control the game, and I I don't think it's a reflection on the Chiefs. They didn't blow this game out. You know, this game was competitive in the first half, and then the Chiefs really did kind of take it in the second half. And if you look, the Jaguars scored ten points in the fourth quarter, but to get them within seven, but there really wasn't a situation where the Chiefs weren't uh, in control in the second half. Agreed. So I, I, I think the Chiefs play great. I, I hope I hope for his sake and I hope for the Chiefs' sake that Mahomes is healthy because they asked for it. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's warned. I warned them. I warned everybody. I feel like Stephen A. Smith right now. I warned you, motherfuckers. I warned everybody. He's <laughs> coming, and he don't give a fuck who's in front of him. The Bengals went to Buffalo and dominated they dominated every phase of the game even a question it was never uh, the Bengals won the toss took the ball 
and scored 14 points in the first the first quarter. And it was never close. They dominated no. every part of the of the game. And I, I look, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a victory lap. This is my show, and I can. <laughs> I told you, motherfuckers, not to not to not to disrespect Joe Burrow. Look, he doesn't go out there and throw for 400 yards every week, but he doesn't make mistakes. And um, you know what he does so well, and he did it again this week. He puts their run game in great positions. Look at all the shifts they kept putting the, the Buffalo Buffalo into. They'd shift a couple of guys, and then, bam, there's a hole. That's some Tom Brady shit. That's what Tom Brady and Peyton Manning do. It's what Peyton Manning yeah. did so well in his career. I look at Joe Burrow, and look, he is not at a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady level. But when I – not yet. Mm. Well, well, I mean, he, he, third year in the league. Third full season. I would he say had, his reputation has not yeah. been established like them, yeah. but he's playing. And he hasn't had that success that kind He of hasn't level. won MVP yet. He hasn't, he hasn't won the Super Bowl yet. Yeah. But I will say, he looks like a Peyton Manning, Joe Montana hybrid. He does. He, he looks, not, not only does he play to that level, he's he plays mature in that position. He doesn't get flustered. He doesn't get overexcited. He's calm, collected, and leads that offense very, very well. And mind you, in this game, let's not let's note. I'm sure everyone knows, but they were missing starters on the line. They had three starters that were injured on that front line, and he only got sacked once for two yard loss and a, a two yard loss and a botched play. Uh, I think that what he's doing and how he's leading that team really exemplifies what you want out of a franchise quarterback that has now he's been, you know, he's going to two back-to-back AFC championships. Yeah. He may get to another Super Bowl. That is, uh, you know, we'll see how that game goes, but I'm see, excited for this game coming up. I am too. But the one thing I would agree on this game that, you know, we talked about it in the last game, rushing. Joe Mixon had a hundred yard game yeah. in inclement weather away at the bills. Now, if I look at the other side, who's our leading rusher? Josh Allen, 26 yards on the ground, and he's the leading rusher. Singletary only got 24 on the ground. They totaled 63 with James Cook. This, mm-hmm. it, I, I am flabbergasted by the Bills at this point at how they had, did not establish a running game in their home stadium in inclement weather, and they didn't run enough. They did not establish the run. I'm upset with them. Yeah, and that's that's a key thing. And I think that's what the Bengals were trying to do. They said, we're getting the ball, coming down and scoring. And they put the pressure on Buffalo where they had to throw the ball. Allen threw the ball 42 times. They rushed 19 as a team. We have said that is what's the recipe for a loss? More passing attempts than rushing attempts. Yeah, and and not only that, you could see that because the Bengals established themselves early, they controlled pace of the game, they controlled pace of play, the the Bills were scrambling, and they were not succeeding. We saw a lot of the same kind of trends over the last few weeks with Josh Allen. Ball security was a problem. 
You know, even in the inclement weather, you had to be cautious about these things and your movement's not that great. And that was still a problem for them where it never seemed to be a problem for the Bengals in the same yeah. In the And also I want to bring up the Bengals. You mentioned three offensive line starters out. Did yep. you see the push that offensive line was getting? They owned the trench. They owned won it. the battle in the trench, the whole game. Absolutely owned it. I mean, I haven't seen – they look like road graders. I mean, I'm like, what in the hell is this? I mean, I've watched almost every Joe Burrow game this year, and I'm literally sitting there going, yeah. whoa, they haven't blocked like this all season. It was the best their offense has played. And I don't mean the best is their highest scoring because, I mean, he's thrown for 400 yards three times this year. It was the best yeah. they've played in dominating the line of scrimmage all season long. I agree. And, I completely agree. Yeah. Go ahead. And then after a week ago, where on the flip side, the Bengals defense was getting road graded by the, um, by the Ravens, Ooh, DJ Reader took that shit personal. Oh, he yeah. got there and played. He played amazing. Oh, look, that's what they do now. They, they're, they're big, but they put DJ Reader on the nose and said, you got both A-gaps, and he controls the A-gaps. And he mm -hmm. does that in the passing game. They go to the four-man front, and they do it with what we, a lot of people call NASCAR packages with really four defensive ends. But when they do that, they get pressure on the quarterback. They don't have to sack everybody. I mean, and they, because they only sack Allen once. They get pressure and they make you get rid of the ball quick. The DBs played well. Yeah. I, I, the, the defense of the Bengals took the ass whooping they got the week before. And they did. They got physically whooped by the Ravens. The, the score doesn't show that, but they were getting beat up front by the Ravens. And especially yeah. DJ Reader. DJ Reader got killed. And they took that shit personally, as Michael Jordan would say. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they came out and played fantastic. Um, and they dominated the game. I mean, just absolutely dominated. So now we've got the Bengals and the Chiefs in our AFC championship game at Arrowhead. Did you see also? All the talk Bengals were saying after the game. And they, I was going to mention that because they did bring it up person. afterwards. Yes, they did. But there's there's some reason for this. And, I, and there's, you know, we talked, when you think about the, re, this is the rematch game and the emotions attached to it in this game. Buffalo and the Bengals came into this game very differently where Buffalo is basically, you know, Hamlin was in the stadium. Yeah. DeMar was there. It's an emotional game for them. I don't know if that if that contributed to their position on this, but you could tell all week and going into this game and during the game and after the game, as you're saying, Bengals have a chip on their shoulder about all of this shit. They do. We kept they seeing really it. kind of all day long. Don't you know? Sell your ticket. Go right ahead. Sell your ticket. You'll be making exactly. a lot of refunds. All of that stuff. Yeah. People. Were not, and they were already unhappy with the NFL as to how the, the whole situation laid out. Nothing against Hamlin, nothing against the situation, but how it was handled post, yeah. they were upset. They came in with a chip in their shoulder, and they played like it. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I, we talked about this last week and I was on Tyler's podcast and Tyler was telling Tyler Jones and I were talking about it. And he was trying to get me to say that the Bengals were going to overlook Buffalo and that Buffalo had all everything on their side because of the DeMar Hamlin deal and everything else. And I just said, look, the, the, the Bengals have plenty to be upset about, you know, and I said, the quiet secret that I haven't heard anybody say, and I, I finally said it last week, and this is not disrespect to Mar Hamlin whatsoever, because, I mean, I agree with how they did everything. The Bengals were kicking the Bills' ass. They were absolutely kicking their ass until DeMar Hamlin got mm-hmm. hurt. And, I mean, they came up, they took the ball. They went right down and scored. Then Buffalo got the ball came right down and got held in the red zone so for a field goal. The Bengals were driving, and boy, it looked like they were going to get a touchdown sooner than later. And DeMar Hamlin gets hurt. It's going to be 14-3 to if DeMar Hamlin doesn't get hurt. Now, what happened happened, you can't change any of that, and I'm glad that he is okay, and I'm glad he's there at the game. That was super cool. And I'm glad that everything's cool. happened for DeMar Hamlin has happened. But I think the one overlooked thing was the Bengals were kicking their ass. The Bengals are not afraid. Their whole team's not afraid. They're not afraid of Buffalo. They're not afraid of Kansas City. They're not afraid of any team. And I think I it agree. comes down, I think it comes down to one person. It's Joe Cool. He he is the leader of that team, and it's funny because like the the guys like Chase and Mixon and a few others who have said it out loud, saying, "Hey, we were offended by this the the whole ticket sales thing and people going and buying fifty thousand tickets this game, thinking that Buffalo is going to win." They took that personally. Mm -hmm. Now I know Burrow made and and Burrow made the. The comment when asked at the end of the game, after the game, saying, Yeah, I guess you're getting refunds. You know, he didn't he didn't bring it up. <laughs> yeah. But Jamar Chase did, and Mixon did, and a few others. And they were like, Yeah, this hurt us. This pissed us off. And and I, you know what else I think pissed them off? I did you see the spread in the game yet? Spread in comes out game? Sunday night. And the Bengals were a oh, one yeah. and a half yeah. point. That was one and a half or two, wherever you got it. Uh, yeah, it was one and a half I saw. Yeah. Now, you don't know about Mahomes' injury, and that's certainly going to change things. As we're recording Monday night at 7 o'clock Central, the Bengals are now the favorite. They're a one-point favorite. The money. Amazing what a day will do. The, the, the largest amounts of money have all gone to the Bengals. It, maybe it's because of Mahomes' ankle. I don't know. That's certainly going to change some things on how the Chiefs are going. Chiefs got to run the ball, but also look—that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing for them. This Bengals team has not lost an Arrowhead. This this Bengals team has never lost to Patrick Mahomes. I think yeah, about Burrow that. Was that is the equivalent. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're you're right. Joe Burrow hasn't lost two. In his career, he has he's beaten him three times. He's played him three times. He's won three times. I, I think there's, I don't I don't I don't think it matters at least from my perspective 
whether Mahomes is healthy or not, because for that very reason, he's already beaten them healthy. He's beaten them with Tyreek. He's beaten them without Tyreek. He's beaten them in Arrowhead every time. Yeah. I don't think that matters to this situation. I think if anything else, there's still a little chip on there. Like you guys are, you, the whole NFL media world, the Vegas spreads, they're not respecting the Bengals and it's costing them. It's costing everybody else. Not, it, it, and, it, and it fuels for Bengals. And I agree with the Bengals on this. They have done everything they could do to show that they are the leading AFC team. I believe Joe Burrow, I, I've heard it said a couple times on, on ESPN, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. Patrick Mahomes may be the best skilled athlete as, yeah. at the position. But I think that I, I do believe Joe Burrow has come up as a leader and has shown that no team scares him. It doesn't matter how many times you sack him. He's going to, tr to work to succeed, and his team has bought 100% into that. Yeah. Now, look, there is no bigger Joe Burrow fan than I. I mean, you know that. You're one of my best friends. You know how yeah. big a fan of Burrow I am. Yeah. I will say once and for all, look, if I had to choose a quarterback, if you said, hey, blank canvas, you get to choose a quarterback, I would take Patrick Mahomes. He's a more talented player. No doubt. What Burrow brings, and he's done this since his, his time at LSU, is he's a leader and he's a quiet leader and he keeps things on an even plane. And he is not as physically talented as Patrick Mahomes. And that's not a knock on him. Fucking nobody is as, is, is physically talented as Patrick Mahomes. Not in the league right now. I don't know if we've yeah. ever seen a quarterback that plays quite as physically talented as Patrick Mahomes. But what I will say is that the difference is that Burrow has, uh, Burrow has a way of just, even when they're losing, the, it stays calm. And he can get them back into something. When they're ahead, they don't get too high. They just keep moving forward. And I'm not saying that Mahomes is not capable of that, because I've certainly seen him in times do both those things. But he's also very excitable at times, which is not a bad thing. I'm not not saying that he's a bad, this is all bad at all. What works for the Bengals is that everybody else is a certain way and it burrow evens everybody out. And it, it just reminds me of these top quarterbacks of all time. It reminds me of Joe Montana. It reminds me of Peyton Manning. It reminds me of Tom Brady. And, and the one I think he's just like is Joe Montana. I mean, and I think that he's probably more physically skilled than Joe Montana, honestly. I think he's got a better arm than Joe Montana. Yeah. I think he moves a little better than Joe Montana. He doesn't have the coach Joe Montana had. But you look, <laughs> there's some things, and now you look at things and go, man, this, this guy's for real. I mean, he's like for real, for real. I, I and, might go, I, I would have to slightly disagree with you in one respect. Okay. I would not pick Patrick Mahomes over Joe Burrow as if I had to pick a franchise quarterback today. And here's why. Yes. Patrick Mahomes has all the athletic skills you could imagine. He leads that offense and he's, he's amazing at it. He does things that most quarterbacks can't do, but what Burrow is doing is, as you say, a Montana, a Peyton, a Tom Brady is he's a general on the field. He sees the field 
and plays strategic. He knows where to put the pieces. He knows where to get the ball to maximize the efficiency of their offense. Patrick Mahomes has improved. We talked about this uh, last year where he has improved his field presence to start lining up his run game, lining up his passing lanes and doing things like that. Gerald Borders does it far, far better. He's farther along in that regard because Mahomes has still relied on his athletic skills to get him out of situations that Joe Burrow has figured out how to lay things out. He never gets in those situations. Yeah. I think that's where I think that Burrow has the advantage. I think it's probably the difference maker in the times that he's played the Chiefs. And that's where I would pick Burrow today. Now, five years from now, when you've seen both of these are are not just mature, but veteran mature, where they see all of that, they're going to inherently have that instinct and be able to lead their teams, we'll have, may have a different conversation then about who I would want as my franchise. But today, I really like Joe Burrow having the advantage of that versus my a scrambling Mahomes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't disagree. And look, if you're arguing Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes, it's like, <laughs> it's like saying, do you want a Ferrari or a Lamborghini? Let's, let's be clear here. <laughs> Anybody that's going to yeah. sit here, look, those two are better than everybody. I think we've seen that this season. Um, but I look at it and I just go, you got someone with Mahomes' physical skills. You just can't let that go. I mean, I've never no, seen that set of physical skills. But that's also why they're reliant on those skills. We made the comment, you and I both talked a lot about this this season. And I got in an argument with somebody yesterday about it. The Tyreek Hill that we hear every week about Tyreek Hill is no longer on this team. And I say it's a shitty narrative because in the end, they absolutely, the Chiefs, absolutely made the right decision trading Tyreek Hill. It's going to be, in for Patrick Mahomes, a better deal in the long run. He's going to be a better quarterback mm-hmm. because of it. We've seen that in flashes already. And it may not be the rest of this year. It might be next season. It might be three seasons from now. But he is maturing as a quarterback into a quarterback. Yes. And so, again, why I would, if I had to choose, I would take Mahomes. But that whole narrative. Now, this week, one reason I am picking the Bengals to win this game, one of the reasons is now you've got a banged-up Mahomes. A high ankle sprain is not something to fuck with. They're going to wrap the shit out of him. They're going to shoot him up. I'm sure they did at halftime the other game. They're going to shoot him oh, up. They're going to do everything they can this week to get him on the field. He's going to play. But he's not going to be able to make some of those plays, and it's the Chiefs are reliant on some of those plays in big games. Even in games they shouldn't have to rely on them, they still do. And we've talked all yeah. season about – where is the signature win? And what I've meant by that is, where is it that you do what you do? It can't just be him making the individual plays. And that's an argument that, till I'm proven wrong, look, if he goes up there this week, he sits in the pocket and throws for 350 yards and three touchdowns, and they win the game, I'm wrong. But part of Mahomes' game is getting out of the pocket it's making you do some of the schoolyard stuff and defend that stuff. If they don't have that, if that piece is taken out, it's going to be a hard game for Kansas City. Chiefs are going to have to run the football. 
absolutely run the football. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think you'll also see that in the passing game, you're going to be, they're going to be trying. I think they're going to probably be practicing it with Mahomes when he can practice this week. Yeah. Is looking at dink and dunk, quick release type games. They don't want to leave him in the pocket. They don't want him scrambling because at the end, of the, if, if he can play, assuming he can play, and I, I think he will play. He will move away. What you don't want to have happen is to have that made worse. And he yeah. may not. If he has a real problem coming out of this weekend, and let's just play the play the devil's advocate, that let's say the Chiefs win, but Mahomes can't play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, you, have you don't to- want that. You're going to have to to yeah. re reevaluate your playbook to accommodate for this situation, so that yeah. one, not only can you be effective, but two, you don't risk further injury. Yeah, I think if you're Andy Reid, I think this week's play calling is going to be very important early. I'd run the ball, run the ball. Even last week, they threw the ball more times than they ran it, even when they had a lead, which I'm getting at God, that bothers me a little bit. It was close. It was like 34-30. So that's not terrible. But I'd come out with short passes. I'd get Kelsey early a couple times. And I don't mean Kelsey like when you're matching up and it's a 50-yard or 20-yard game. I'm talking about let's get him some six-yard routes. Get the ball out of our hands fast. You know, Kelsey comes off the line, hits the boom, out, boom, put it in there. I'm going to hit yep. two or three screen passes in the first quarter, one to each side to Pacheco. I'm going to bring in Edwards Hilaire. I'm going to use him to block. I'm going to get an extra blocker yep. with the back. I'm going to bring in Blake Bell in a couple formations and get that extra blocker in there because they're going to come. Yep. And you're going to need to block some of these guys up front from the Bengals, especially Trey Hendrickson, who's going to be who's as fast as anybody. And he'll come after him. So in the passing game early, Short passes, six yards, eight yards, you know, a screen where you're throwing it behind the line of scrimmage, you know, get a tight end screen, line up Kelsey, you know, wide in the slot and run a screen pass out there. And that's what I would do. I just think that I I would do this. I, I think the Chiefs have got a really good challenge. This is going to be a really good game. I think both these games this Sunday are going to be really good. So, yeah, I, uh, and I mentioned to you the pre. I, this is my final four. Like I, I think you I had originally picked the Bills long, long time ago. But I also I caveated that with Bills Bengals is a fifty fifty toss. The rest yeah. of these, this is what I wanted. There's no bad game in this weekend or in the Super Bowl out of this situation. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with you completely. I say no. I mean, yes. I mean, yes, I absolutely agree with you 100%. There (laughs) is no matchup from here that will be a bad matchup in the Super Bowl. Chiefs, 49ers, Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers. They're all going to be good matchups. It will be a really, really great Super Bowl. Hey, I want to give a shout out to one of our big sponsors, and that's DraftKings. Uh, You guys know DraftKings. They're the best out there, not just in daily fantasy, but also in fantasy sports and now the sports book. You can check them out right now. Check the link in our show notes, and you can get up to a bonus of $100 in free bets. It's free money. You can use any way you want on the site. I I love DraftKings. I use them all the time. They have the best odds the best live betting, the most user-friendly app out there. 
definitely check out DraftKings. We uh, ask you to gamble responsibly, and we ask you to check out DraftKings. Don't forget the link in the show notes. You get an extra $100 bonus bet, free money. You might as well go ahead and get it. Don't forget to bet on the Bengals this weekend. Or prove me wrong and bet on the Chiefs. Either way, have a great time. Remember, game responsibly. Saturday night was a drumming by the Eagles. And just when we think the Eagles aren't quite who we thought they were, um, oh, yeah, no. Jalen Hurts isn't hurt anymore. <laughs> He's healthy. Not even a little bit. He's healthy, and they dominated. And look, we mentioned last week, we thought, man, if you're the Giants, you're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to control the clock. We thought that you're going to see Daniel Jones in the run game. He did run the ball six times. But yes. they just got behind. That Eagles offense came out and just started punching and punching. And it's 28 nothing at the half. And it was over. It was over at 14 nothing. You know, I've always oh, said you can't win a game in the first quarter, but you can lose it. The Giants lost it. It was just, yeah. I literally was sitting there going, I don't know how they're going to come back from this. Because they, they were being dominated at the line of scrimmage, both sides. They had Daniel no Jones around on pass plays like he was chasing, being chased around. He looked like Archie Manning in 1982. I was like, I need to get rid of the ball. He can't. And then you look at the Eagles. They just don't care. They got to run the ball. 44 rushes in the game. 24 passes. They, I mean, Gainwell had 112 yards. Sanders had 90. They totaled 268 on the damn ground. Uh-huh. They can. Th- this is an offense I believe can do what it needs to do at will. If you want us to, you want to win in the air. You know, force us to win in the air. Fine. You want us to force us in the in the ground. Fine. Doesn't matter. They can play both games. And then you bring in their defense. Five sacks on Daniel Jones. Five. Yeah. Not one. Not two. Not three. Five. This defense is for real. Has has been real all year long. They're they. The Eagles and the 49ers defenses to me are one and two interchangeably. They are that dominant and they showed it against the Giants without question. Without question, they came out strong against the Giants. I don't know. I am this 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 matchup coming up this weekend with the Eagles and 49ers is the one I had been looking forward to all year. This is one I hoped for and I'm getting it and I'm so excited for it. This is going to be a great. This is going to be a great old school football game. These two teams are going to run the ball, play oh, yeah. defense, and they're going to get after it. Um, I okay. I didn't watch the second half. I went out. I went to work for a little bit, and I get a text from Jen. Jen says, "These fucking receivers from Philly can block." Because if you watch football yeah. with me, one of the things that I watch is I watch what receivers can block. Because it. You, You've heard, probably heard me say this. How do I decide which receivers play in games? The ones who can block. Because the run game is so yeah. important. I, I've always said that, look, I, I know coaches at a few places. I know a couple of the coaches at K-State. And they actually get in the wide receivers room. They tell them the first day. They tell their receivers, if you don't block, you will not get the ball. Yeah. You will not throw and you the it's foot. not just the running if game. You, you got to think about that down, that after catch downfield pa- uh, blocking for your receivers, because it's the difference between oh, I catch and get three yards a carry, or catch and get twenty-five yards because I got a good block downfield. And, and this is it's what I really important. See. This is what I want to see so bad. 
I want to see these 49ers DBs against these, against these, every one of these guys can block. AJ Brown can block. Uh, Devontae oh, yeah. Smith blocks. I mean, even these two guys who are like the, the big name, high end, they're still going out there and fucking blocking and they're getting after it. I mean, it's. They get it. They, they get totally it. get it. They, and and then you look at it and you go, man, they go out there and block. And then AJ Browning has three catches, but he didn't care. Three, three catches for 22 yards. Yeah, but we won by 30. <laughs> yeah. I, Let me ask, do you think they get it so much? I, is the goal here that they get, and I think this is where it really matters with the Eagles is it's not about how many sets I get. I want a damn ring. I want to prove everybody wrong from I the think. off season. They had question marks about this team. They had no, no idea what this was going to be. They are putting the hammer down and the goal here is the ring. And you can see it in their play. You, you they do everything right. They are. Look, I, I saw the odds, you know, sports center started last night, you know, the odds in order. And it's the Chiefs, then it's the Bengals, then it's the Eagles, and it's then it's the uh, 40 hours last. And they're all real close. You handed me $100 oh, yeah. to say I have to bet on somebody right now, I'm betting on the Eagles. And it's because that's one team. That team from the quarterback to the running backs, the offensive line, the defensive line, the DBs, the whole team mm-hmm. is built to go out and be physical. And you only beat good teams when you're physical. And you got to do the little things. You got to block downfield. I mean, for example, you got to do those. They are so good. And look, I mean, Jalen Hurts was amazing again. And he doesn't go out there and throw for 300 yards or 400 yards in the game. He doesn't have to. It's a different skill set. He goes up there and runs. What Hertz ran for 34 yards. He ran for the touchdown at the goal line. He went 16 of 24. Threw two touchdown passes and no interceptions. I mean, he he protects the ball. The thing I really like about Jalen Hurts is that he's gotten better every single year of his career. From day one, he was a solid player at the beginning. And he's gotten better every single year. If he doesn't have an injury that misses three games at the end of the year, he is the NFL MVP. I agree. I agree. I mean, he only had, he didn't even break, he only had 154 yards in the air, 34 on the ground, didn't even break 200 total yards, but he had three touchdowns. He threw for two and ran for one. And he's the most dominant What else do you need? He, it's not about the stats. It's about the win. They want the win, and they will do whatever they need to do with who, through whomever they need to yeah. to get it done. I like this Eagles team a lot. I do too. I'm I'm a I'm a buyer. Uh, I've been a buyer all year. Uh, last game, the Stephen A. Smith special. Forty <laughs> ers Cowboys. Now look. I have been, you've been on the 40, you are driving the 49ers bandwagon. I started uh, the bus and said, everyone join. Everybody join. And, and, and I'm not jumping on there with you. I'm still going to go team Eagles here in the NFC, but you feel free. I, you feel free. I think I want to talk about something. So Dallas loses 19-12. Dak goes 23 of 37. He throws two interceptions. One of them really bad early. That, that, that first one was really It was bad. a bad one. It was bad. 
Um, you get Pollard hurt. He basically broke his leg. And he's gonna have to have surgery. Yeah, he's out. Um, he's done. Yeah. Thirty-seven passing attempts, twenty-two rushes. What have we said about Dallas all year? Run the football. When you row and they run the football, they're um, hard to beat. I, I've said for my money, if there was one team I didn't want to play, it was the Cowboys. But it's the Cowboys if they run the football. And when Pollard got hurt, unfortunately, oh, over. Zeke is just not who he was a couple of years ago. And I just, he's not an every down back anymore. And they really I'm didn't sorry. do a good I, job. I got to say that. I got to say it. it. I, I haven't been a believer in Zeke since he signed his big contract. I don't think he's been good since. Yeah. His play fell off as soon as he signed his big contract. He has not been as good as he was before. Not once. Not one season, barely one game. Yeah. I'm just not sold on Zeke. I I think Tony Pollard is their best running back, and when he went down, I was like, they don't have a chance. I don't think the play calling was very good at all. I, I, you know, we talked about this. We previewed the game. We said, what are you going to have to do? We said, you're going to have to run the football, and you're going to have to get Dak involved in the run game. Look, yeah. I said this, and I – I don't know if you agree with me on this and I don't know you don't watch the college game as much as I do but as far as the guys who are in the pros now or have been in the past decade there are two quarterbacks that when they were in college ran the read option better than everybody and that was Cam Newton who I think is the greatest read option quarterback of all time and Jack Prescott at Mississippi State that dude was fucking money when they ran it early in his career you know when he was battling Romo for the job and when Romo was out because of injuries they ran some of the read option stuff and that's what got Dak a lot of his confidence and a lot of experience sitting there going you got Zeke you got Ellie you need three things you need three things to run the read option you need a quarterback who can do it you got that you need a running back who can take the ball. They got Pollard and they've got Elliott and both of them can do it. And you need a receiver or a tight end that can make, can get himself open or can at least put himself in a situation where he can catch a six, eight yard pass contested. Yeah. That's what they don't have. That's what they don't have. I think they they underutilize Schultz. I think he's a better tight end than the way they use him. Well, and I disagree. Lamb is, um, has, I think I that's my opinion on it. I think CB Lamb has become a wide receiver one, but oh. only just. Oh, he's a wide receiver one for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, but only just, and that's and that's something this year he's developed and has become. But I think I I think they underutilize Schultz. I don't think they use him very well. But we've lamented play calling and coaching for the Cowboys for a long time. This is nothing new. We know how we feel about McCarthy. My vote is he should be fired. He doesn't belong there. But I'm sure he, because they got a playoff win, I'm pretty sure Jerry Jones is going to keep him around another year. Jerry Jones, uh, which said that he's not firing McCarthy. Um, yeah, I take that. I believe him as far as he can throw himself. 
I don't give a damn what he says to the cameras because at the end of the day, you make that evaluation offseason, you make it after the Super Bowl, you see what your options are available, and then you make a choice. So is he going to say that? Is he going to say that? No, because if he says it and then it ends up not happening, then you're still stuck with Mike McCarthy when you know that he didn't really want you in the first place. So yeah. I don't care what he says. No, back to the Cowboys here. I think that I don't, I think Lamb's definitely a wide receiver one but he isn't the type of guy who can be that, that pop pass guy. He's got to be a big guy you know, for the cheap, a Travis yeah, Kelsey. can't save you. A Travis, a Jamar Chase is even, cause he's a bigger guy too. It's got to be a yeah, big guy. Agree. And that's where like on the Dalton Schultz thing, Dalton Schultz is the guy you can get open because you can, other guys draw eyes, but I don't think he can do that in the, in, in just being the guy who can beat somebody. Yeah. And, I, I would I would agree with you in the way they use him, and that's where I, that's why I caveat this. It's yeah. the way that offense yeah. is ran by the coaching, the play calling. I don't think they utilize him. Or and to be fair, I don't. You know, yeah, we they did they have a would they call this a successful year for the Cowboys? Yes, they're twelve and five. They made the playoffs. They actually have a playoff win, but that is not what this team should be with what they have. They are for they in in my opinion. And it's not new. This has been the way it is for years. They're underperforming. For what they have, they should be doing better. They should be much more confident. They should be much more solid week in, week out. But week in, week out, no matter the wins, there's always a big question mark on Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah. And and they're going to go into the offseason with a lot of questions. And, you know, what they do about the coaches and, you know, are these coordinators going to leave and get head coaching jobs? Dan Quinn's getting a head coaching job. Dallas is defense. Oh, that's the best part of their game is the defense. And you saw that on this. This game, the 49ers Cowboys game, was a defensive game. The offenses were not going off. The defenses were doing their job on both teams. And and that's how this played out. At the end of the day, though, the 49ers were a little bit better. I think their defense was a little bit better. I think their offense got a little bit more going. But, hey. They've got pro bowlers on the, on the Dallas defense has pro bowlers. Michael Parsons is right up there. He's a great leader, gives them versatility. I love what they're doing there. Yeah. I will say that was the worst game that Michael Parsons played all season. And it's not his fault. The 49ers skied that guy up. Did you see what they did? Oh yeah. Anytime no, they were ready. That he, they were ready. That Parsons was on the defensive right side of the field. They said in their blocking scheme, they went big man. He's yours. And Eric Williams killed yep. him. Eric, that's why Eric Williams is the best left tackle of all time. Of all time. I, I'm, I'm saying better than Larry Allen. He's better than all of them. Anthony Munoz, Vaselli, anybody you want to name, I'm taking Again, that guy. Any lineman? Any lineman? Any left tackle of all time. Okay, uh, left tackle. He's okay. the best left tackle of all time. He might be the best offensive lineman. <laughs> he might be. Uh, he is the best left tackle Cause it, of all Because I, I am going to remember last year, you were pretty high on Witt in his retirement. Oh, he's very big Witt. Oh, I love big, love me some big Witt oh, now. But, oh, no. You were huge on Witt. Yeah, but this is a better player. Oh, by far. Yeah. Okay. All you got to okay. do is if you watch, and I was I told everybody I've watched this 49ers with, if you just watch 7 1, wow. I mean, he does things that someone his size shouldn't do, 
They put him out where he pulls and leading the runbacks. And you see this with other teams. You know, Buffalo was trying to do it yesterday. The Bengals don't did it better than they have this past week. But a lot of times those backside guys can't get in front of the backs because the backs are so fast. There's never a problem with Williams. He's always there. And I don't know yeah. how he does it being that fucking big. Uh, he's, he's as big as a Coke machine. And he took he's Micah good. Parsons and pushed him around the field. I mean, I, it would have been like me attacking him. He just had his way every time that Micah Parsons was lined up on the defensive right. They shifted all the blocking to the left and said, big man, he's yours. And he didn't. And, and mm-hmm. Parsons didn't touch Brock Purdy. I bring that, you know, and I'm going to boil that down to coaching and prep. I yeah. think Shannon, quite, we've talked about it, and you've mentioned it, you know, coaching MVPs, Dayball's probably going to get it. Yeah. He's done an amazing job. Amazing. I think Shanahan has been under the radar for the whole year. This is a situation where you can see the difference, the prep work, the play calling, they knew this was going to be a slobber night. It was going to be a close game. You know, they weren't going to come in and blow anyone out, or blow the Cowboys out. But they were ready for it. Yeah. They kept them under wraps and were able to do what they needed to do. Yeah. It was a defensive game. I think it was beautifully done by both teams on the defensive side. And where you saw success was proper preparation on the offensive side to control clock and get what they could get out of that offense. Well, and I just looked at, I mean, I, I agree with you 100% on Shanahan. I think he has been fantastic. And I think it helps when you got Trent Williams sitting there. I mean, he's just, if I got him, yeah. I, look, I, I would say, like, you know, I, I just I just kissed up how much I think of Mahomes and Burrow. If I was actually going to start a team from scratch, he'd be the first guy I'd pick. Because he's so much better than everybody in the left tackle position is one of the four cornerstones you got to have. You got to have a quarterback, you got to have a left tackle, you got to have a defensive pass rusher, and you got to have one DB. He's the best. It's a good place to start. Yeah. So now we're going to have, we're going to have 49ers and Eagles in Philly. Um, what do you got here? What do you think? I know you're going to, you're going to pick the Eagles. Are you picking the 49? Yeah, I, I have, I have, I'm still driving that bus and I am not letting it go. Here's where I will say, I mean, this, these are the two most evenly matched teams as yeah. far as proper talent at all phases of the game, all levels of the game, offense, defense, special teams. These guys play very, very similarly. They both have dominating defenses. They both have, plethora of weapons on offense um i give a minor minor edge to jalen hurts because he's got more experience than a rookie brock purdy with only seven games under his belt so i give him the experience factor but i'm still going with the 49ers i am not i'm not jumping off that wagon i'm riding it till it bucks me and and to me honestly and i and we talked about it I like both of these games, and I I love any matchup that comes out of this game. But in fair, in in all honesty, 
I believe whoever wins the NFC championship between Eagles and 49ers, they're my Super Bowl pick as I think they're the better team across the board. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Chiefs or the Bengals are as good as either of the NFC teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking by a lot. I'm just talking by a little bit. Just a little bit better than everything. They fill where both the Eagles and the 49ers fill every position correctly and they do it all right. There are minor holes in both the Chiefs and Bengals that can be exploited. And that's where I give the advantage to the NFC right now. Yeah. But I'm going with the 49ers. That's my pick. It's 49ers, Bengals in the Super Bowl. Those are my two picks for the week. Yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be a great game, I think, across the board. I, I'm taking the Eagles, like the home field advantage. I like the way they play. And in the end, the one thing I think is the difference between the 49ers and the Eagles is the inexperienced quarterback. I think Kyle Shanahan has done an incredible job of protecting Brock Purdy. But now we're at the cream of the cream. I mean, this is the cream of the top. We are, these are the best four teams. And they probably have been the best four teams all season. Like they're probably the four hottest teams coming in now. I think you definitely argue the Eagles and the 49ers are. Um, I think the Bengals have been the hottest team in the second half in the AFC. And the Chiefs are just, they've been great all season as far as winning every game. You know, they're, they're, they've, they've lost a quality opponents. And while you can say they didn't play well with some others, there's things going on, you know, but these are the four teams. Yeah. And you're going to have to have a great game to win these games. You're not going to be able to slide by on some bullshit here. So give me, uh, give me the Eagles in a close one here. I know the spread is two and a half, and I think that that's about right. These are going to be close games. These these are going to be wickedly close games. I will not. I'll, I'll say this: if if the Eagles win, I will not be upset. That is a team far deserving of this win. Um, the only thing I will note, as as a, as just a kind of a fun fact. You know, I was looking I, when we were watching the Bills and Bengals game, or I was watching it. They were talking about you know, ro- you know, wins coming into it, and they had eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Respect. I think that's accurate. I think uh, Bengals had nine, and the Bills had eight coming into the game. Forty yeah. Nineers have twelve straight coming into this game. Yeah. I, I I like that they have that, and I and I'm not I'm not going to give them up. But in fairness, I agree with you. There is that experience factor. Yeah. I will not be upset at all if the Eagles win. And they would still be the, – they would be my pick if they went to the Super Bowl instead of the 49ers. Well, I want to bring up one last thing about these four teams. And I didn't tell you about this beforehand, but I think you'll be with me on this. I think that it shows, once again, you have to have a young quarterback. That young, active quarterbacks – we got Patrick Mahomes – Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Brock Purdy. Now, look, if it wasn't Brock Purdy, if all things stayed the same, you'd have Trey Lance there. Okay? True. But what I mean well, is – Jimmy G. And it could have been Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, if it had been Jimmy Garoppolo, they'd have lost two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 what I mean by this is that – so now we're going to get into this offseason, and we're going to see veteran quarterbacks. We have already saw Russell Wilson last year get traded to Denver. We're going to have Aaron Rodgers possibly on the trade block. Derek Carr is going to get released. We're going to see some guys out there, and teams are going to make an overpayment on some of these guys. When I'm not sure any of them, why would you take any of them when you can draft the young quarterback, 
and on their first contract. Now, Mahomes is on his second contract now, but Mahomes went to kind of a discount. But he's a young he, – he's only he backweighted just got his out of his deal. Yeah, He backweighted yeah. his 10-year yeah. deal pretty hard. But yeah. you take uh, Burrow, Hurts, and now Purdy. And, again, I'm willing to say that it's Purdy – the position is him slash Trey Lance. It's important to get the young quarterback to be right and not only to be right, but to build around them early. To not make them have to win, but to get it right for them. And, I mean, Mahomes was the first – not the first one. The first one was Russell Wilson so many years ago in Seattle. But we've seen this now, and now you look. The teams that do this are the teams that are going to be successful. Look at the other teams that were still in there. I mean, you had Buffalo. You had the Giants with Daniel Jones, who Daniel Jones has played better than anyone thought he would this year. You know? Oh, yeah. He's you can still argue that Dak is young. I mean, he's 30. He's kind of in the prime right now. And Mahomes is getting up to the prime at 28. But you got to have a young, capable quarterback because it allows for your salary cap to bring in players on both sides of the ball to complete your roster. Look at what the Packers have done. they got to pay Rodgers so much money, the rest of their roster sucks. The Broncos are paying so much money to Russell Wilson now, and they've had to move young players out in fear of not getting enough for them. I wish Elway didn't make that deal. It sounds like an Elway bullshit deal. So you just look, and these are just a couple of the examples, and I'm like, man, I I get it. I I think it's really important not just to have. You don't have to have the quarterback. Now again, Mahomes and Burrow are the quarterbacks, but if you have a young, capable quarterback, Jalen Hurts, look at what Brock Purdy's done. Brock Purdy has been solid. See, I wouldn't as you're saying that. I wouldn't slash Trey Lance. To me, Purdy has won, won that job. He's earned it. I don't, Not I don't won it. He He's has. earned it. Now, I, I, I think there's going to be some talk about that. I think if he goes and wins the Super Bowl, it's going to be really hard to replace him. But <laughs> hey, if, he, if, if, so if you're Philly, they did it to Foles. They did it to Foles. Yeah. I, but they gave up so, so much plants. You kind of have to go back to him, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean – do you, do you with what you have it's if you're looking well, back the at the mistakes you made you are not focused on your path forward you just let it go and move yeah. forward with your successful yeah. team and there's a, there's something to that you know and there's teams that could trade for a trade like yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in a few weeks we get out into the offseason we'll talk yeah that but, uh, let's go yeah. postseason with I that think, conversation but yeah, but yeah, I, I understand I get your meaning on that and I completely agree we talked about it this year we're here we're seeing that changing in the guard the Brady the, the Rodgers, they're just phasing out. They're just not relevant as that guy anymore. You know, we're seeing Matt Ryan is now even, you know, guest appearing on Fox or was it CB? I can't remember which one it was, but he was on one of the broadcasts. These guys, it's time to change. Yeah, it's time to change that guard and let these guys up and coming take the spotlight. They are the true talents that are showing themselves to be successful in this league. Um, and I completely agree with you on that. You know, it's, it is 
a little bit of hit or miss with the younger guys, but you're going to have much more success there because at the same time that we're saying that, you can also think of a guy like Kyler Murray, who's a little trouble. You can think of a Lamar who's very injury prone, but you're going to have better chances at success in this level with a guy that's in that, that, you know, mid 20 ish, you know, coming out or recently came out of college and is on a team ready to go. Um, and, and it's and we can make the argument here. Why haven't we seen Jordan Love on the field when we could have? You know, those okay. are the kind of decisions that you really need to start thinking about. Where are your where are your future plans when you have a quarterback who's, you know, over thirty, over thirty five for sure? You need to be thinking long term about what your program's going to be doing. Yeah, I just think it's going to be important, and I think that the young blood in that is going to be the most important part, especially if you can get them on the rookie contract. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, look at what Trevor Jackson, looks good this look, year. Look what Jacksonville's doing with, Trey, with Trevor Lawrence. Now, look, that's the thing is that now you got to have a top pick to get there. But this year, we're going to look at this draft, and we'll get into this in a couple of weeks to depth. But there are three guys who may go in the top five of quarterback for this reason. There's two that yeah. I think are just uniquely skilled to go play there's one real franchise quarterback in this draft and then the next big one's the one next year uh i think teams are start fucking tanking for caleb williams <laughs> i want my saints to lose 17 straight games next year hey, get me some we'll caleb talk about williams. that after this yep. year we have conversation yep. to go around hey we we'll talk get, about young oh, yeah. quarterbacks we got to talk about tua in the yeah. offseason what's going to happen there uh-huh. And we're yeah, gonna have a week. The market for a young quarterback is hot. Is it's hot right now? Yeah, a and we're gonna talk a little bit about next week. Pocket. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit next week as well because we're gonna have a week between the Super Bowl and the conference championship game. Yeah. So we'll kind of preview the actual Super Bowl game the week of next week. We'll talk a little bit about the you know review the games and we'll talk some of this free agency stuff and some of that stuff as well. I want to get us mm-hmm. up out of here. I know both of us got a heart out. We want to get this thing going. We both want to watch the Kansas game tonight. So, uh, Uncle Rico, thank you for coming <laughs> in. Thanks for coming in today and doing this. And thank you for being flexible with me. I always appreciate you. It's always fun to have you on here. Don't forget, Uncle Rico is always brought to you by Stitch Fix. Get $25 off your first Stitch Fix box. Use the link in our show notes. Um, I love Stitch Fix. I get a box every month now. And one of the gimmicks is I got a kid who's my size now, so I can give him stuff I don't want. And there's hardly ever anything in it. You only got one thing this past month. And it's so much. Oh, wow. If you're one of us that like doesn't, doesn't, doesn't shop, I was talking to Jen about it. She was like, you don't ever go shopping. The Stitch Fix thing's perfect for you. I was like, yeah, I know. It's like, I never shop. Mm-hmm. I don't like look at stuff and go buy stuff. And I don't know about you, but I hate shopping. Hate it. Hate clothes shopping. So Stitch Fix is perfect for me. So... If you're a dude, you're like this, fucking hit it up. It's in the links in the show notes. You're going to save 25 bucks. They're going to help you out. You're going to look clean. You're going to look nice. You get some cool stuff. So check them out. Uh, I want to say thank you to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Subbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. So until Friday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care of it.